I want to thank Foamcast Radio for supporting this episode. Foamcast Radio is a new weekly podcast that's all about Nerf blasters and related blaster toys. Uh, you can subscribe to Foamcast Radio on your podcast app or visit foamcastradio.com. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Superpowered Fancast. Uh, this is Darren. So, it's not a secret to anyone who knows me that I am a huge fan of writer Stephen King. Now, I've been reading his work since I was a little kid, and I think my first King novel was It around the time I was 10 years old. And even though it scared the hell out of me, I could not put it down. Now, the next book that I picked up from him was The Eyes of the Dragon, and it was such a different style of story from uh, from it that after I finished it, I wanted to read something else he had written. Now, throughout my youth, I would read other books by other writers and loved many like classic stories, but I always found a special kinship with King stories. And every summer uh, up until now, I always read something. I, I, I mean, I'll always read something I haven't read before. But I always make time to read it and my other favorite novel of King's, The Stand, every summer since I was a little kid. In fact, I'm I'm restarting uh, The Stand uh, this weekend so I can have it to read this summer. Now, I've talked about like uh, King's works and things like that. I've written about him extensively. If you go to uh, superpoweredfancast.com. You're going to find a lot of articles. If you type in Stephen King in the in the search, you're going to find a lot of uh, articles about my love of Stephen King and and his works and, and things like that. But uh, the reason why I'm doing an entire podcast episode about Stephen King is that there's been a recent resurgence in King works being adapted for the big and the small screen. Now, Netflix has done some great films based off of King's novel, uh, Gerald's Game. It was starring uh, Carla Gugino and Bruce Greenwood, as well as uh, 1922, which is uh, based on the short story from the anthology Full Dark, No Stars, that has an amazing performance by Thomas Jane. Now, the most successful adaptation to date has been It from uh, Warner Brothers and director Andy Muschietti. Now, the film was released last year and received critical and fan accolades and brought in over $700 million domestically on a $35 million budget. Now, with that success, more adaptations had been announced, like some being written, others currently in production. And I wanted to share with you uh, some of those adaptations that are on the way and who's working on them. So let's go ahead and start with the movie adaptations that are that are currently in development or in production. So the first one I want to start off with is um, It Chapter 2. Now, the second chapter of Annie Muschietti's adaptation of, of King's classic, and now it's already in production. In fact, uh, they either have already started shooting or are about to start shooting. And I want to showcase uh, the cast of the film, especially since if you go to superpowerfancast.com, you can see I did a fan cast on who I would pick for the roles of the Adult Losers Club. As an aside, I'm going to go I'm going to go with my picks and compare them to who they actually cast. So let's start with Bill Dembro. 
Now, my choice for the uh, de facto leader of the group as an adult was Patrick Wilson from the Conjuring movies and the upcoming Aquaman film where he plays uh, Ocean Master. Now, Warner Brothers uh, went with another superhero movie alum, James McAvoy. And McAvoy is known for his role as Professor Charles Xavier in the, the X-Men reboot films. And next is uh, Stan Uris. Now, for the ultimate skeptic in the group and the person who doesn't want to believe that what he's seeing is real, I chose actor Corey Stoll to play Stan. Uh, Stoll is known for his roles in series like House of Cards and The Strain, as well as playing uh, Yellow Jacket in the first Ant-Man movie. Now, the studio decided to go with Andy Bean for the role. Now, I don't know much about, Be about Bean, but he has starred on the series Power, as well as the uh, HBO series Here and Now. Now, the only person that both myself and the studio like matched on with, to play Beverly Marsh is Jessica Chastain. Now, she is exactly who I envisioned to play Beverly as a strong, confident adult who has to find those qualities in herself after leaving, after living in an abusive relationships. Like that's uh, like Jessica Chastain is definitely the person who could pull off that performance, and especially as she has a um, she's worked with Muschietti before uh, in the movie Mama, so they kind of have that uh, that relationship where he can, or I guess they they work together and they like each other. That's it. That's I think that works that'll work in her performance. So for Eddie Kasbrack, Bill's the hypochondriac of the group, I chose um, How I Met Your Mother star Josh Radner for the role, and Warner has gone with James Ransone. I don't really, uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't really remember him in much. Um, I do remember him in the Sinister movies. Uh, I think I remember his... He played the the sheriff, but honestly, I can't remember him from much. So I mean, it's not anything against him. I just you know don't necessarily remember who he is. So uh, Ben Hanscom. So for the role of Ben, I chose someone who could convey the kind of nice guy with a secret he's trying to keep, and my choice was John Krasinski from The Office and uh, this year's uh, A Quiet Place that he directed and starred in, and the studio went with uh, Jay Ryan from the uh, Beauty and the Beast remake on the CW. Now, I never watched the show, so I don't really know about him as a performer, but, you know, that's who they chose. Uh, I'm sure he, I'm sure he's going to be great. I'm sure everyone's going to be great, so I'm not, you know, disparaging anyone just because they didn't go with my pick. I'm just kind of comparing who I chose to who they chose. And uh, Let's see, Richie Tozier. Now, my only criteria for Richie was that he was a funny guy. So my choice was actually a family guy and the Orville creator, Seth MacFarlane. Now, the studio went with another funny man because uh, they went with uh, actor-comedian Bill Hader from Saturday Night Live and the HBO series Barry. And I think it's an inspired choice. It's, I think as much as I love uh, MacFarlane as an actor and a comedian, I think, uh, I think Hader will do a, an amazing job as Richie and the, the final member of the, of the club, both in the book and in the film is Mike Hanlon. Now I went with, um, with British actor, Adrian Lester, uh, from the series hustle and movie primary colors. Uh, the studio, the studio's choice is Isaiah Mustafa from shadow hunters, uh, for the role. Now I haven't seen shadow hunters, but I do know who Mustafa is because he is the actor from, 
the uh, the Old Spice commercials. You know the ones I'm talking about. The the, the uh, look at your man. Now look at me. Now look at him. Like that that guy. So um, again, I'm sure he, I'm sure he's a great actor. I'm sure all of them are great are great actors. They're going to be great in the film. Uh, it's just that's uh, who they chose. And I and again, I can't wait to see it because I think it's amazing. So the next um, one I want to talk about is uh, the Talisman. Now, uh, Amblin Entertainment uh, brought in Josh Boone to write the screenplay for the uh, for an adaptation of the Stephen King uh, Peter Straub novel, and uh, <clears throat> sorry, Frank Marshall and Michael Wright are going to be producing the film. Now, Talisman is a story of Jack Sawyer. Um, Jack is a young boy who discovers that his mom is dying of cancer, and he must travel. He's got to travel from New Hampshire to California in order to save her. Now, during his journey, he discovers that an alternate universe exists called the called the Territories, which is filled with alternate versions of people from Jack's world called Twinners. Now, in order to save his mom, Jack must travel through the Territories and across the U.S. to find an object known as the Talisman, which will hold the key to saving his mom's life. Now Boone is also involved in a in another adaptation, and in this one is inspired by uh, King's uh, near fatal accident in '99, and it's called uh, Lisey's Story. Now Lisey's Story is about Lisey Landon. She's a wife of a fa- of uh, a famed novelist named Scott Landon, and she's dealing with the aftermath of his death uh, two years old, earlier by clearing out his home office. Now she begins to. Uh, remember the life she had with him and some of the strange things that he told her about his family's history and mental illness. She begins to examine the life she led with him and also the circumstances of his death. Now, at the same time, she's being stalked by one of his more obsessed fans. Now, uh, Boone has been uh, announced to both write uh, and direct the thriller. So if you don't know who Josh Boone is, just as an aside, uh, he... um, He's the director of the movie The Fault in Our Stars, and he also uh, wrote and directed the the horror-themed uh, X-Men movie, The New Mutants, which uh, ha- still hasn't been um, released yet, but I, st- I really want to see, because it looks like a, an interesting take on the on both the superhero and the horror genre. Looks like it's been it's been moved back twice. And I think a lot of it has to do with the the upcoming um, Fox Disney merger, if that if that goes through. But you know, in the interim, he does have the the Stephen King adaptations he can be working on while he waits for his film to be released. Now, his third one is um, is kind of the big one. It's The Stand. Now, this is one of King's most well known and beloved stories, and it deals with the aftermath of the end of humanity and after a plague. Uh, wipes out the majority of the people of Earth. The survivors like journey throughout the wasteland of America to reach uh, two opposing factions with the hopes of surviving. That's a dense story, and it introduces some of King's most memorable characters like uh, Stu Redman, Franny Goldsmith, Mother Abigail, Randall Flagg, like that. Now, The Stand was adapted into a miniseries uh, that, that spanned over three nights on ABC in 1994. And it, it what's funny is it still retains a hundred percent Rotten Tomato score, so this is by far the most ambitious project that Boone is going to uh, write and direct, and um, 
No, I, I, I want to see it happen. I want to see it happen for him. I want to see it happen for me as a as a as a King fan. I want to see how it works out. So another one that, that's that's coming up that's in development is uh, Suffer the Little Children. Now this is one of his early. This is one of Stephen King's earliest short stories, and it's. Uh, supposed to be being adapted to the to the big screen and it's the short story is originally published in the magazine cavalier in 1973 and went on to be added to the anthology uh called nightmares and dreamscapes now the story follows a small town teacher who discovers that something is happening to the children in her class when they come back changed from the night before and staring at her like intently as she learns more about the children and why they and what they have become, like her fear and paranoia, uh, cause her to take uh, some some pretty desperate action. Now, the film adaptation is currently in the works, and uh, it's supposed to be writer director Sean Carter uh, is attached to it. Um, Carter has a film coming up, uh, a horror thriller called Keep Watching. Now, according to Deadline, um, Netflix closed the deal to produce. Uh, and distribute the film. I'm not sure if it's this one or if it's another one, but uh, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of Stephen King adaptations going around. So um, I think this is just one of them. It, it might be Netflix. It might be somewhere else, but I think this one's going to be a big screen, ad- big screen adaptation. So uh, the next one is uh, the gingerbread girl. Now this is another one that actually is one of my kind of, one of my favorite uh, short stories like I, I've I've read this one quite a few times. It was originally released in, in 2007 in an issue of Esquire, but it was added to the anthology novel just after Sunset a year later. Now, the story's about a woman named Emily, and after uh, suffering a personal tragedy, she decides that the best thing she could do is run. Now, her love of running causes a strain in her marriage, and she decides to spend some time alone at her father's uh, beach house in Florida. Now, she's pushing her like her body to its physical limits and enjoying her seclusion. Uh, she's going that the only other person on the island is a man named Pickering who enjoys his seclusion as well, um, especially with his the time he spends with his uh, nieces in quotation marks. Now, when she when Emily makes a mistake of looking into the man's driveway, she finds out that there's she finds out that he's more dangerous than she could have thought. Now, uh, according to Deadline, uh, director Craig R. Baxley has been attached to direct the film. Now, Baxley has a long history with King. Like, he directed other King adaptations like Storm of the Century, uh, Kingdom Hospital, and Rose Red. Uh, Now, King and Baxley are actually writing the screenplay. So this is going to be interesting. Now, the film's going to be produced by Mitchell Galen, uh, who also has worked with King uh, before. And he's... Uh, produced like adaptations of Pet Cemetery, The Stand, Thinner, The Night Flyer, Creep Show 2, The Langoliers, and Golden Years. So those are all like uh, either lower budget or TV films based on his work. So, um, and a little bit of casting news, like I've talked about it before, but uh, Doctor Sleep, which is a a sequel to to King's The Shining, uh, they've cast the the role of the adult Danny Torrance. And then this is according to the Hollywood Reporter, um, Ewan McGregor uh, has been uh, cast as the adult Danny Torrance. Now, this, the story of Doctor Sleep tells the story of Danny Torrance after he escaped uh, the Overlook Hotel, and he finds himself uh, the subject to like the same demon that 
that claimed his father alcohol. Now, after getting himself clean, he takes a job at a hospice, uh, using his ability to shine to help people on their transition to death. And at the same time, a young girl uh, with a shine as stronger than Danny could believe reaches out to him, reaches out to him after she becomes the target of a group of of demonic nomads known as the True Knot. Now, this is a great the, the Doctor Sleep is a great story. I definitely recommend you read it. Like uh, first read the first read The Shining if you haven't before, and then definitely read Doctor Sleep. They're both really great books, and Doctor Sleep is a really great continuation of the story of Danny Torrance, and it works really well as a uh, even as a standalone story. Now the Tommy Knockers, and this is another this is something else that uh, that uh, Hollywood Reporter reported on. Now Aquaman director James Wan is going to be producing a big screen adaptation of the Tommy Knockers. Now he's also the uh, he's the director and producer behind the Conjuring film, so he knows horror, and he's teaming up with the producer of it, uh, Roy Lee, and Larry Sinitsky, who produced the 1993 TV movie adaptation, uh, because he still holds the screen rights. Now, according to Sinitsky, he says that it's a, an allegorical tale of addiction uh, the threat of nuclear power the danger of mass hysteria and the absurdity of technical evolution run amok now it's it the time knockers does hold the distinction of being the second best Stephen King novel of all time actually beating it Carrie and the shining in sales and the story centers on the town of Haven Maine and uh, the a character of uh, Bobby Anderson she discovers the remains of a long buried space craft and a gas that's released from the ship itself uh it it's it turns it basically gives bobby and her neighbors uh strange abilities and uh, they it's it, it's hard to describe it's so much better to read it's so much better to experience than to describe so it's another one i definitely put on your put on your summer reading list uh to read the tommy knockers i mean it, it's a classic for a reason oh uh, um Pet Cemetery. Uh, Paramount is producing a remake of uh, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, and there's another one for the big screen. Now, if you don't know what Pet Cemetery is about, it's about uh, Lewis Creed uh, and his family. They move to a small town um, where he discovers a hidden burial ground that direct that uh, resurrects his family's pet after it's struck by a car. Now, you know everything seems to be going fine. Until the the family's young son Gage is killed, and Lewis decides to use the burial ground again, and what happens is a is a nightmare for everyone involved. Now, uh, Jason Clark's been cast as cast in the role of Lewis Creed. Uh, Clark is known for his roles in films like uh, Zero Dark Thirty, uh, Mudbound, uh, Chappaquiddick, and Winchester. Now, uh, two-time Oscar nominee, Golden Globe, and Emmy winner John Lithgow has been cast as Creed's neighbor, Judd Crandall. Now, Crandall lives next door to the Creed's and knows about the Pet Cemetery enough to know that the place is not what it seems. So, Lithgow recently won an Emmy for his role as Winston Churchill on Netflix's uh, The Crown. Now, Pet Cemetery is going to be written by David Kajanic, who wrote uh, The Terror, uh, Matt Greenberg, who wrote 1408, and Jeff Bueller, who wrote The Midnight Meat Train. And it's going to be directed by Kevin Kolsch 
and uh, Dennis Widmeyer, who directed the movie uh, Starry Eyes. Now we're going to take a short break uh, for a word from the sponsor of this episode, and then we'll be back with adaptations coming to the small screen. This episode of the Superpowered Fancast is brought to you by Shirt Punch. Uh, Shirt Punch's website, uh, www.shirtpunch.com. It's the best place on the internet to grab limited edition pop culture t-shirts. Now, this is an amazing site. I'm looking at it right now. They've got some great designs, some great shirts, even have uh, tote bags, uh, some great pop culture references and things uh, on them. Just if you go to shirtpunch.com, they look amazing. Now, they do four new designs daily. And they're only up for 24 hours, and they all are uh, $10 each. Now, they do custom T-shirts. They even do like T-shirts with glow-in-the-dark and metallic prints. They have a, a selection of gallery uh, tees as well. It's just amazing. I'm again, I just I'm looking at all of these tees and just amazing. They got some really uh, fun pop culture stuff for uh, for things that you like. A lot of digitally printed stuff that I that I know that that I'm looking. To get something, and because they have something for every fandom, I mean, they got uh, stuff for gamers, anime fans, horror movies, sci-fi, video games, just all over the map. All kind of fan, all kinds of fandom, they have something for. Now, I'm going to suggest that you check back daily because what I do is I look every day since they're only up for 24 hours. I check back daily so I don't miss out on the new designs that are that are there and every day again new exciting designs shirtpunch.com now when you do find something you love if you use the promo code pot 10 during checkout you get 10 percent off your order and they ship internationally so they ship to north america to australia everywhere in between so that is www.shirtpunch.com Company Shirt Punch, the promo code POT10 gets you 10% off your first order. Check daily. Again, these designs, uh, these designs change every day, and they're definitely worth worth taking a look at. I'm going back to looking at them right now. I think they're amazing. Shirtpunch.com. Welcome back to the Superpowered Fancast. Uh, Stephen King stories are making their way to the small screen as well and receiving uh, love from critics and audiences too. Now Hulu had uh, success success with the uh, with the James Franco led adaptation of King's uh, Kennedy assassination novel Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, and the Audience Network has greenlit a second season of Mr. Mercedes, uh, starring Britton Gleason, based on King's crime novel about Detective Bill Hodges. But I want to talk about uh, Castle Rock. Now, if you know anything about King and the world that he's created for his characters, you know about the fictional town of Castle Rock, Maine. Now, the series Castle Rock will be unique in that it will create a shared universe for King's stories with locations like Shawshank Prison uh, from Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption uh, to characters like Alan Pangborn, who's a former sheriff of Castle Rock, who was featured in novels like The Dark Half and Needful Things. Now, they're going to be integrated into the story and the story's going to be about a man who returns to the town after a long period and is drawn back into a mystery that has connections to a tragedy from his youth. Now, the series itself stars Andre Holland, Melanie Linsky, Scott Glenn, and Sissy Spacek. Now, if you know who Sissy Spacek is, you know that she starred in the first adaptation of 
a Stephen King novel as Carrie. And it and Castle Rock pre- premieres in July uh, on Hulu. Now, in now, King's novella in is set to become a TV series from from Galmont TV, except they're going to change the title. It's not going to be called in. It's going to be called eight. And if you know what the story is, you kind of can I can kind of understand why they would do that with the title. But just kind of give you a, a little bit of information. So it's the story of a man who's been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, but, you know, in true King fashion, like uh, there's more to it. See, he becomes obsessed with a Stonehenge-like formation of stones in May that may or not may or may not be a portal to a dimension filled with monsters. And what's funny is, is that his delusions uh, affect those that he tells about the story, uh, especially his his psychiatrist, who the story is actually kind of to- is told from the the point of view of. It's it's uh, the story itself is told from the point of view of, of uh, tapes that the psychiatrist has made with the with the client. Now, it's it's a great kind of Lovecraftian-style story, and King said that his influence was uh, the Arthur uh, Machen novella, The Great God Plan. Uh, so, uh, David F. Sandberg, uh, who uh, recently directed uh, Lights Out and Annabelle Creation, is going to direct the pilot of the series, and uh, Andrew Barr and Gabe Ferrari, who are the writers of the upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, are writing the script. So far, there's no release date, but there's a lot of talent behind this uh, behind this series. So it looks like it, it might be coming to fruition sometime soon. Uh, the Outsider. Now, this is another story that I, that I found in, uh, in Dateline, something I, I wrote about on Superpowered Fancast. Uh, MRC, uh, who is the company behind the and I'm just going to say it behind the failed adaptation of the dark tower, uh, movie, but they've optioned the Stephen King, uh, story, the outsiders, which is actually a new, a new novel from King. And they're planning on making the novel into a 10 episode, uh, limited series. That's going to be written by, uh, Richard price. Uh, Jack Bender and Marty Bowen are going to be executive producer series. Um, both have experience with King through Mr. Mercedes, and Bender might be directing the pilot episode. Uh, King has the option to join as executive producer, but there's been no word on whether or not he's accepted. Now, the the outsider centers on Terry Maitland, who's a little league coach, an English teacher, husband, and father to two girls. Now, he Terry's one of the more popular citizens in his town of Flint City, Oklahoma, until he is publicly arrested for the grotesque murder of an 11 year old now even though terry has an alibi being seen at a conference by witnesses his dna and fingerprints are found at the murder scene and everyone has determined you know did he or didn't he it's a very atmospheric novel in fact i'm about to uh uh write more about it because it was it was really good like i i just finished it and i'm probably gonna probably gonna read it again um but uh the next uh thing I want to talk probably the the last one I want to discuss is uh, the bone church now I got uh, this was from both uh, deadline and vulture um, it, an adaptation of of King's the bone church is being developed as a series uh, Chris long another uh, executive producer and someone else involved in the uh, mr. Mercedes series for audio for the audience network 
Uh, he's acquired the story along with uh, David Ayer, Cedar Park Entertainment Production Company. David Ayer is the uh, director of the uh, of Suicide Squad. Um, and the story is actually a narrative poem that King wrote in the 60s and revised and added to the anthology The Bazaar of Bad Dreams. And it centers on a man in a bar who will tell his story if someone, you know, buys him drinks. And in the midst of the telling, he recalls an expedition organized by an adventurer to explore a vast jungle region, region in search of the what's called the Mystical Bone Church. Now, of course, because it's a Stephen King story, uh, 32 explorers find something in the jungle that was not meant to be found, and only three of them remain to tell the story. So that's just some of the uh, Stephen King adaptations that are, are currently in development or are currently filming or about to film. Um, if you know of any that uh, that you want to talk about, like I'm, there's so many more uh, adaptations I, I keep hearing rumors about, but I haven't gotten any info on. Um, but when I do, I'm definitely going to talk about it. Uh, what? But let me know, what's your favorite uh, King story? Like what's your favorite King novel? King short story, uh, King audiobook, uh, King movie, King miniseries. Uh, let me know. You can always um, email me at superpoweredfancast at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to go to www.superpoweredfancast.com for all the latest news and reviews from the geek, uh, from geek world, including any and all news I can find out about Stephen King adaptations. It definitely goes up on the site. You can also find uh, my uh, movie, TV, and comic book reviews uh, at the Geeks Worldwide at www.thegww.com. You can always you can also uh, find me on the Geek Side Pod with my friends uh, Will and Christina, where we talk about everything in uh, in geek culture. And definitely follow uh, follow me on Twitter at SuperpoweredFan. Uh, you can also go to my YouTube channel. Just look for Superpowered Fancast. Uh, I'm everywhere. You can go to Facebook.com slash Superpowered Fancast. You can find me there as well. So uh, for Superpowered Fancast this week, uh, this is Darren signing off. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks, assemble!